God, tonight may, may it be about you and not about us. God, that we, we look at our hearts, look at our lives and see that even though things may not always be perfect or great or uh, we screw up or we trip and fall, God, but you are still good. God, we can learn from these things. Pray for um, our large group time, our small group time. That we pay attention, we, we listen, we learn, and we grow uh, because of who you are and what your word says. Here I pray. Amen. All right, so this is week four of our series called Stretch. Um, it's, our, uh, it's the last week of this series. Um, last few weeks, we've, we've stretched our bodies, we've stretched our brains. Um, you had rubber bands last week. To stretch those, and hopefully you stretched your faith um, this last month as well. So all that stretching is great, but it's possible to stretch too far. So let me ask you this. Have you ever strained, sprained, or pulled a muscle? Anybody? Anybody want to share about a time when they did that? No, Jackson's like, no, I'm good. Nice. That sounds fun. I've never broken a bone. I don't know how. I've done stupid stuff. I've done stupid stuff. I just haven't broken a bone. Maybe you shouldn't get on trampolines. But yeah, that's the, that's the moral of that story. You shouldn't get on trampolines anymore. Maybe. I don't know. I, uh, so JoJo, she gets this paper every day at school. She gets this paper that has like, you know, if she went to the bathroom, you know, make sure she did good or... You know, how she behaved, what she learned about, all that kind of stuff. So we get a little report every day. And so I put it in, in like in the passenger seat. We went to go pick up Zach from my mom's house. Um, the car pulled out in front of us, so I, hit, I had to hit the brakes. And so the paper fell down into the floorboard of the passenger seat. We get to my mom's house. I get Joe out. And she can't go see my mom unless she has that paper. Whatever. I don't know. So I had to reach for it. I mean, I didn't want, I was too lazy to walk all the way around the car to get it because that'd be too easy. So I had to reach across and through. And I, I mean, I could, I could barely reach. So I mean, I'm stretching and pulled and pulled. And then, I, and then all of a sudden, this, my neck muscle right here just, and I pulled that muscle. And it hurt for about three days because I'm getting old. Um, that's the only reason I'm getting old now. And it hurt. I didn't like it. I'm an old man. Um, but if you're familiar with football, and when I say football, I mean the FIFA kind, not the NFL kind. Um, if you're, anybody ever watched some soccer before, like professional soccer? They're really, really good at like faking injuries. If you see them fall down, um, nobody touches them. Or like, I've seen somebody like, I saw a video of a dude flick the dude on the ear and he like flipped out like he was gonna die. It's really funny. Um, sometimes when a player gets hurt, sometimes they have to get pulled off the field on the stretcher. Uh, unfortunately, the stretcher experience um, can sometimes be painful. Uh, more than the actual injury. Here are some, some pretty fun um, stretcher fails.
can go look. There's, there's a ton more on YouTube of, of bad things happening when they're getting carried off stretchers. Um, but I've got to get these, these stretcher carrier attendee, whatever you want to call these guys, credit. Um, they're not really great at their jobs, um, but they keep trying. Um, I, I saw one video of a guy come, like pulling up to the guy on the field, um, like in the golf cart to help get him off, and like he like ran over the dude with the golf cart. I mean, these guys aren't very good at what they're doing. Um, but you and I have never dropped somebody on the stretcher, more than likely. You may have. I've never have. Um, but we definitely know sometimes it takes a few tries to kind of get things right in life. Uh, has anybody ever attempted to, to solve a Rubik's Cube? Anybody? I've tried. Maddox can do it in his sleep. Um, how many can actually do it besides Maddox? Put your hand down, Maddox. Logan, you can? Uh, why am I not surprised? Once? Yeah, those guys are stupid. That's insane. Have you? I'm not surprised either. They're drowning. It's all algorithms. So. But usually it's hard, it's hard to do on the first try. I mean, usually it's a lot of trial and error to kind of figure out how to solve it. You try, you fail, you try again. Um, we have this, this video, maybe. Pete's pretty good at this. This is actually, this is, he hadn't done one in months, so he's a little slow. Don't forget, he's colorblind. I think it makes it more impressive. I gave him one of mine at the Cubs one, but it doesn't have colors. It's got Cubs logo, so it's a lot harder to solve. He, he got it because he's Pete. So don't forget he's colorblind, which I think makes it a little more challenging. Um, you know, it takes patience to learn how to solve one at all. Like I said, he, like I said, he hadn't done one in several months, and so he tried. He couldn't remember this one step, and so he had to go. He actually had to call Davey and ask Davey how to do it. Um, Davey is just the son, if you didn't know, and ask him how what that one part was so he can, he can remember the. So a, there's several, like million algorithms to solving of Rubik's cube. Um, if you just know one of them, you're, you're going to be fine. As long as you know where to start. Um, so yeah, so for the last few weeks we've been talking about how you can grow and strengthen your faith by stretching it just like you would a muscle. Remember the first week we talked about you can stretch your faith um, with a commitment, making a commitment to grow. That was the first week. Second week we talked about starting a new habit that will help you grow. Something starting something new that you've never done before. Last week was you can stretch your faith by letting something go, something you you do maybe you shouldn't be doing that's holding you back. Let go of that kind of a thing. So when we decide to grow our muscles, whether physically or spiritually, we all start with big commitments and, and great intentions. But the truth is, at some point, you will experience setbacks because that's life, right? You're going to experience some kind of a setback. The commitment you made will feel less exciting or interesting or, or urgent than it did whenever you first started out. Or you forget to practice that new habit you started. Um, does anybody... Like, read the Bible on their Bible app. Like, I have a devotional plan, a reading plan. Um, 
So if you, if you open it, you see it, you have like a streak. You can see your streaks of how many days in a row you've been on or how many weeks in a row you've been on, that kind of stuff. Um, two weeks ago, I got really mad because I had a streak of like 100 whatever days, and I lost it because I forgot to read for one day. So that, you know, seeing that number, it got me really mad that, you know, that number was now one rather than 100 or whatever it was. Um, you know, and, and you'll once grab onto that old habit, maybe you try to give up. Someday, maybe someday soon, you're going to fail. So the question is, whenever you do fail, what are you going to do next? Because we're human, right? We will all fail. We're, we're human. We're, we're prone to sin, prone to messing up. So when that happens, what are you going to do next? It's good to probably have a plan in place to take something now than whenever it actually happens. I know no one likes to admit that they're a failure. That's nobody, like, nobody wakes up in the morning saying, man, I can't wait to tell these five people that I really failed at life today. Or, you know, that's, we don't really get excited about that, you know. But when it comes to my faith, I, I failed quite a few times, more times than I would like to admit. Uh, I can tell you how many times in my personal life where my, my prayer walk, my prayer life has been almost non-existent. There have been times in my life where I kind of went through seasons and dry spells where it had been weeks, months before I prayed. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it bothers me that that happens. I wish it would, didn't happen. But the thing is, I can't let, you know, those kind of things keep me down. Um, I need to continue to press forward. And you know, if I fail one day, pick it up and keep going. But there are many reasons that we might fail in our faith. Maybe we commit to reading the Bible every, every day, but we don't. Like you lose your streak on the Bible app. Or make it a habit to pray consistently, but suddenly realize it's been months since you talked to God. Or maybe you decide to, to love others like God loves us until we, uh, we're driving in Midland and somebody gets under our skin. Right? When we fail, we often feel defeated, we feel ashamed, we feel hopeless, we feel guilty. Sometimes we just, we just flat out give up. Like, man, like I said, we started this devotional four days ago. Some of you guys may have been doing it, some of you guys may not have been doing it, some of you guys may have no clue we're even doing it. Um, well, that's, I mean, if you read like the introduction, they even say it's made up and it's pointless and it's stupid. You know, it's just, just to be dumb. Like, so they're not, they're not even, yeah. Yeah, like I said, like I said, they even admit that it's just dumb. Um, like I said, it's, hopefully you guys have been doing it. We're doing it on Instagram. If you're four days behind, don't give up. We, just jump in on day four. Today's day four. Jump in today and do day four. Don't give up because you missed the first three days or missed day two. Don't, don't give up. So today I want to challenge you to think about failure a little bit differently. Anybody ever watch Mythbusters? I love Mythbusters. Fantastic show. Um, so Adam always had a shirt. Do you remember? You don't know what his shirt was, like his catchphrase was? About failure? Anybody can say it? Anybody know it? He's always building things, working on stuff. He'd always say failure is always an option. That's, that's thinking differently about failure. What if failure was something to be afraid or ashamed of? What if failure can actually help our faith grow? What if failure is just part of that stretching process of growing our faith? And if you read the Bible, if you've ever read it, you know that some of the greatest heroes in the Bible were people who some might consider failures. And not just failures, but like epic, big-time failures. Did you have a guy named Moses? Moses was chosen to lead God's people. But he was like me. He was terrible at public speaking. And he once actually killed somebody 
unlike me, I didn't kill anybody. Um, you have Sarah with an H. She was told by God that she would be a mother at an old age. And then she laughed basically in God's face. And then she took matters into her own hands to have a kid. And you had David. God made David king of Israel. But David used his power to take advantage of a woman. Committed adultery and then had her husband killed. The Bible actually says about him that he's a man after God's own heart. That means there's still hope for you and I. Right? Then you have a guy named Peter. One of Jesus' closest disciples. He denied ever having known Jesus. And he also cut off some dude's ear with a sword. All right? So these guys messed up pretty big time. I mean, we could spend a long time reading through people in the Bible who we think would be heroes who have screwed up big time. But all these great biblical heroes failed. But the thing is, I want you guys to pay attention and get is these failures were not the end of their stories. You guys got me? Because of what they did, their failures was not, like, wasn't like the end. They're done. It's not the end. Even when they failed, they let their faith be stretched. Because Moses, his faith was stretched when he saw that God could use him, despite his past mistakes and his present fears that he had about doing what God called him to do. Sarah's faith was stretched when she discovered God only forgave her for her doubts and disobedience, but still gave her what he promised her because he is good. David's faith was stretched when God allowed him to experience both grace and justice for the wrongs that he committed. And Peter's faith was stretched when Jesus not only forgave him for denying him, but then promised to make Peter a great leader in the history of the church. So all these people, you know, if we, if we look at them from, from our viewpoint, of our lens, we would think of them as failures because of the things that they had done. But like I said, the failures were not the end of their stories. For these followers of God, failure was just another stretch that helped them develop an even stronger faith. And we have Paul. This is guy we're talking about the entire month. Paul, one of the most influential, if not the most influential leader outside of Christ, outside in the, in the church. In his letter to the Romans we've been reading, he, he understood failure as well. Turn over to Romans chapter 7 is where we're going to be uh, for tonight. It's Romans chapter 7. Now some of the words, it kind of just... It might get kind of confusing because he says all the same words, like in weird orders. So just bear with me as you read this. It says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Verse 20. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I do it, uh, what I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So here, even Paul, the great church leader, and super Christian that he was, 
said he struggled. He said he, he, he didn't understand why he did what he did. He wanted to do the right thing, but he said he couldn't. Anybody ever seen like, been like you? Anybody ever been that way besides me? That you want to do what God is calling you to do, but sometimes it's just hard for you to do what God's calling you to do. He often did things he hated and he couldn't stop. He was always at war between good and evil. He sometimes felt hopeless, but trusted that God would always, always rescue him. When I read Paul's words, I see that the two reasons he often failed are the same two reasons that you and I often fail. That he, we fail to stop. We, we try to stop doing what we know we shouldn't do, but we keep failing. And we also fail to start. We try to start some, doing things we know we should do, but we keep failing at that as well. In another letter, uh, this one written to the Corinthians, uh, which is the city, uh, the church in, in Corinth. You guys can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul spoke about a specific area of his life that caused him uh, to struggle. I think if you're doing the, the year Bible reading plan, the McShane that we got at the beginning of the year, I think that was either today's or I think this may have been yesterday's. I think today's is 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being, becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should never leave me. But he said to me, my grace, or that should leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's not only did Paul fail when it came to sin, but there were also times when Paul felt incredibly overwhelmed. He felt weak. He felt powerless. Rather than just sitting there looking at Stew and him and becoming just frustrated or angry about these weaknesses that he had, Paul it says that he found a way to delight or find pleasure in those weaknesses. That sounds so counterculture to what this world tells us to do. So how did, how did Paul do this? Paul understood that his failures and his struggles were not liabilities to doing the gospel or sharing the gospel, doing what God has called him to do. That these things should actually bring him closer to God. And when Paul looked at his weaknesses, he saw opportunities for his faith to stretch and to grow stronger. You know, you might be excited now about stretching your faith and growing closer to Jesus, but at some point, you may feel like a failure. You will make mistakes, you will doubt, you'll ask questions, you'll lose passion, you'll lose focus, because we're human. And when you do, I want you to remember that God is not surprised by your failure, because your failure is part, or just part of the stretch. So failure will happen, but failure doesn't have to be the end of your story. When you fail, and like I said, more than likely you're going to fail because we're human. It's our nature. You have two choices. You can let shame and frustration and hopelessness prevent you from trying again. Or you can let God use your failure to stretch your faith and to make you grow stronger. So next time you fail, whether it's next week, Next month, next year, next five minutes, whatever. I hope you choose to keep moving forward and to keep stretching through your failures because 
You can stretch your faith even when you fail. So what do we do when we hit the brick wall that is failure? How do we turn our weaknesses and sinfulness and shame into growth? This video is kind of what is the image I want, hope you remember when you think about failure. And right now he seems to have lost control of his legs. And this is worrying. Oh, and he's starting to slow. And there is a little long to go. There's half a cake to go. And Johnny is running out of time. And he's losing. He's losing his sense of direction. This is worrying. Oh, goodness me. This is a horrible sight. Jonathan Browning has lost it now and has started to a stop at the side of the course and Alistair's stopped to help him along and Alistair is going to try and carry his brother home. Dramatic scenes in Pozzano as the Olympic champion carries his younger brother towards the podium. I want you guys to keep that image uh, in your mind as I give you three pieces of advice about how to turn your failure into a stretch. Before you fail, I want you guys to get a community. I mean, this, this was his brother you saw in that video, literally carrying him and throwing him across. You know, the brother could have stepped over and gotten second place. It actually probably could have got, you may have been able to get first and beat the other guy. I mean, they were right there together. We stopped and helped his brother who was struggling and helped him cross the finish line. So before you fail, get a community. Get people that you can have together now before you fail, before you're stumbling. Surround yourself with people who want to see you succeed and be the kind of person who helps others through their failures. Ask someone to hold you accountable. Reach out for help from others when it's hard to keep moving. Don't be afraid to be honest and be vulnerable. It's the best way to get uh, the help that you need. That was number one. Number two, when you fail, fall on Jesus. Paul knew that only Jesus could rescue him from himself. And the same is true for you and I. That when you fail, fall on Jesus. He won't be angry. He won't be disappointed or even surprised. He's God. He knows. He knows exactly who you are and how you struggle. 
He loves you anyway. And when you fail, get back up. Don't let failure or the fear of failure paralyze you. There's more to your story than your latest or your greatest failure. If the people we talked about today teach us anything, is that God is always ready to forgive and use us despite our failures. That's, that's good. I need to hear that. Every week of this series, you've had the opportunity to take, make a commitment to stretch your faith in a new way. If I can have some of my adults um, pass these two pieces of paper out in the pan to my, these kiddos. I think i got some pins over here. i got a few here and maybe some back there. Thank you, sir. What? <laughs> Whatever. If you want to claim yourself as an adult. You may have been nervous to share your commitment initially when you first filled one of these out. Uh, but today I want to give you the chance to share your commitments um, you know, again. So over the last few weeks, you may have committed to show up. If you're here, like I said, you did it. Um, in your small groups, I want to encourage you guys to share what maybe you've learned uh, these last few weeks. Second thing, the commitment uh, would be follow Jesus. If you decide to follow Jesus for the first time. Um, you know, share that with your, your small group. Uh, tonight, you have loved God. You've made a commitment to spend more time with God. Share it with your small group tonight. You know we can help keep each other, uh, help each other keep our commitments when, when things get hard. And love others. If you make a commitment to love others well, share that in your small group. We're going to need each other to help keep us accountable. And ask questions. If you're not sure what you think about following Jesus, that's okay. I hope you've been asking questions. And hope you continue to ask them. Keep searching for truth. Don't stop. So you have two, two pieces of paper. One has the commitment card that you did the first week. Another one has just another card with some information. For you guys kind of quickly fill out a few questions there. One and a half. One and a half. Just, you just make a guess. I don't need to know exact dates. But as we close this series, I hope you... Remember this, that if you want your faith to grow and to be strengthened, it doesn't happen overnight. It has to start somewhere, and it can start today, the simple stretch. Because you can stretch your faith by making a commitment. You can stretch your faith by starting something new. And you can stretch your faith by letting something go. And you can stretch your faith even when you fail. God, tonight is... These kids... Continue working on these pieces of paper. May you just show them which commitment they need to make, where they need to go, what they need to do, how they need to follow you, and what kind of commitment they need to make. I pray that they share these things in their group, and they don't just uh, sit there and be quiet about it. But they, they share what you're doing in their lives. And that, that um, people around them are excited for what you're doing. I pray for the next... 20 or so minutes in our small groups that you uh, continue to move and, and work and, and let these kids just wrestle with what you're, you're teaching them tonight. In your name I pray. Amen.